Welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm Shireen Oberg and I'm a yoga teacher and author devoted to the path of healing and heart-based living. And I want to help you to step into what you truly are and to your highest potential. On this podcast, I share with you tools and insights to help you move ever forward on your spiritual and healing path. With guests from all over the world, from different wisdom traditions, I wish to create a web of loving energy that permeates the whole world to create more love and peace. You can connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for more guidance and love. So, welcome everyone. I'm Sharada from The Woman Project and Baby School, and I'm so happy to be here tonight with you here I'm calling in from Mother Bali, where you are. It might be morning or night, I don't know, but I'm so happy to be here today with one of the most beautiful goddesses and priestesses and witches that I know, Shireen Berg from Sweden. Thank you so much for being here with us today. <laughs> Thank you, Sharada. So happy to be connected with you again. Um, and yeah, just uh, seeing where this conversation will take us today. Yeah, yes. This is part of our Davis voice that we have bi-weekly. We're inviting beautiful, empowering, authentic, integrated and amazing women that have really walked or are walking the heroine's journey and really taking this opportunity that we've been given as a human being and especially as in a female body to really embrace this gift and make the most out of it. And Shireen is definitely one of these women that I admire so much. She has so much wisdom and experience and knowledge and a heart. And she's invited me many times to her beautiful podcast, Love Positivism. I'm so grateful for yes, your invitation and really embracing the, the sisterhood and the spirit of sisterhood which is so, so, so healing and, and needed. So I'd like to just read to you all uh, about Shireen's journey so you can get to know her a little bit more and you'll get to know her even more now during this, during this interview. So Shireen is a Kurdish yoga and meditation teacher, Reiki practitioner and a licensed acupuncturist. Chinese medicine practitioner and acupuncturist and soon to be initiated priestess through Daughters of Ishtar. Oh, I can't wait to hear about that. She has worked with channeling, healing and spiritual awakening for many years now, alongside holding a bachelor's degree in business and economics and a master's degree in global sexual and reproductive health and rights with focus on women's health and infertility. Mm. Yeah, I look forward to talk about that. Shireen is in a mission to help others on their spiritual and healing path. Her book, The Law of Positivism, Live a Life of Higher Vibrations, Love and Gratitude, is a practical book guiding you through all levels of being to help you to heal and grow on all levels and live your highest potential. She's also host of the Law of Positivism podcast. So wonderful. Wow. Again, warm welcome, Shireen. And yeah. <laughs> How are you today? How are you in this moment? How is your heart? I'm really feeling the presence of the Divine Mother so much right now. It's It's been um, a very... Um, uh, intense time of finalizing things like my studies and this is like the outbreath like the exhalation right now for me so today I just I don't know it's been so many signs and synchronicities leading up to today as well and this talk so I feel like it's been uh, like a perfect timing to talk to you and and to be here to share so yeah I feel just happy to be here with you mm. oh that's wonderful to hear yeah how are you today how is everything in bali 
It's been a, a full day today. I've had pujas in the morning at the yoga teacher training and then culminating the Rising Witch Sacred Sexuality course today, which was oh, <laughs> so touching. And then the Muse program. So I had quite a full, beautiful day. I'm in my ovulation phase. So like... <laughs> You're synchronized then, yeah. both of us. So maybe that's why we feel like this overflow also. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And we'd love to hear from you who is listening, joining today. So warm welcome also. And if you have any questions, any sharing, any comment, any inspiration, please share it in the chat. And Julia Devi, our amazing, beautiful Swedish sister and Be Woman team, collaborator and community space holder is there to answer questions as well and will pass on your questions and comments to us so thank you julia for yeah setting it all up and being there for everyone yeah so yes maybe we'll we'll start just i would love to hear your paths with the goddess like be woman project davy school it's all about empowering women and really bringing in the vision and the teachings of the goddess. And I know that has been a profound journey in your life as well, yeah. the path of the goddess. And now you're soon to be a priestess initiated in the Ishtar tradition. Or yes, you can tell me more about it. And I'd love to love to hear about your work that you've been doing in, in, in these times. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for holding the space for me to share. It's uh, it's always I'm so used to uh, ask the questions. So when when I have to share, I'm not really used to being on the in the spotlight. But this is the second time this week that I'm sharing with uh, like a women empowered community like this. So I feel very held and um, yeah, just supported in this whatever needs to come through. Um, well, I would say my journey with the divine has been a lifelong journey because it uh, things that I experienced as a child and growing up also as a teenager really connected me to something that I felt a deep faith in through my own experiences and my own in- intuitive and uh, my higher senses and all of this and then also going through as a woman and being in in a western culture but with a, a middle eastern background also seeing the the contrast living in a little bit in two different worlds uh, really opened my eyes to to yeah what what it what it is to be a woman and to have uh, our cycles and all of that and I've always been connected to my cycles because I've always had like it's like my body has always needed me to focus there in one or different ways because of uh, imbalances or um, having uh, very heavy cramps and and bleed like it's always been reminding me so that naturally takes us into an investigation uh, if we're not suppressing it, it can take in, us into an investigation and a deeper dive into ourselves and into the goddess in one way, because it, there's there's no uh, coincidences and there's no, like everything is there for a reason, I believe. So, um, but my I would say my really profound awakening to the, like the divinity as a mother, as a, as a, creative womb um, was definitely uh, I was in Thailand uh, when I did my first yoga teacher training it was back in I think 2017 and I had the opportunity for the the woman that was uh, having the ashram she was a woman uh, I would say uh, around her six like early six like late 50s and early 60s and she had been uh, trained in uh, shamanic uh, traditions from Mongolia if I remember correctly so it was really unique and I had never been in a 
in a drums uh, journey or anything like that before, but I have always had my dreams. And that's something that is in our lineage, in our female lineage back, like all the way from uh, my mother and my aunts and my grand, like that's something that we have in our tradition very strongly. So uh, I've never had a, I've ha- I had up until then had a lot of experiences through meditation and uh, and hypnosis and things like that, but th- and also in dreams and other states of reality. But this one really took me in. It was a journey where um, through just drums, listening to the drums, going into uh, this uh, trance state, which led me first into the earth and into that realm, uh, meeting a lion and the, the symbolism of that. But that's something that I've had been dreaming about my whole life. I was dreaming about felines my whole life since I was a child. So I, I saw the connection there and the connection I had with this particular vision of the lion. And then when I went in the journey upwards, uh, it was more of an ethereal, like mountainous place. And that that's also my roots, the Kurdish uh, region is a mountainous place so uh, I had a vision of an uh, a eagle taking me up and putting me into a plateau very high above the, the clouds and when I was in it I was just feeling like it might have been my imagination that was causing this but I was really I was feeling the spirits in the room at that time and and uh, like physically also like t- through touch but in this moment as as I was put down the eagle turned into a winged woman and I asked her repeatedly what her name was until she said Ishtar to me wow. and uh, and I asked her about my life and things that were important back then, five years ago. And I can say that things have unfolded as she's, even if it wasn't clear, but the things that she told me was unfolded that way. So I can affirm to myself that I didn't make it up. Um, and uh, and it was an initiation because I had no concept of what it was or what this being was or um, I had had experience with angels and things like that on this uh, realm. But when I became into consciousness again, I knew that name because I had a friend who had that name when I was a child. It's a very old name from Iraq. and uh, But when I googled the name, I was very uh, surprised to see the depiction of her with the wings and standing on the lions so that was kind of scary in the beginning this is a very visual initiation it can happen in so many different ways and it wasn't that right then I dedicate no I had this experience and I didn't think so much about it uh, I, I the shaman also affirmed this being that she, she had seen her uh, throughout that journey and it wasn't until I think a year later when I started to, it was like that started trickling in into my own journey with myself slowly. Like it wasn't, I, I think it was like the year after I found you and I found, I went into uh, like a very small rural place in Sweden and we worked with womb breathing. Like it started to happen. I met women, I think I met women like that throughout that year that started to remind me and started to I had never had the concept of priestess for example so it was really something that came from somewhere else but then started to come into my consciousness through other people as well so that was a journey and I started to also remember a couple of years before that I had a uh, like a state where I heard a woman's voice speaking to me and guiding me. But I thought maybe, and I can't affirm what it was, but I thought it was maybe a spirit speaking to me and it could have been, but it was, it was still so powerful that it was a woman, a woman's voice, you know? Um, and also the, uh, th- there was also an inner 
confusion, like for many women to be in a, uh, in a patriarchal system, more or less, depending on where we are in the world, and to start reclaiming oneself. And it takes time because in our 20s, we're not uh, maybe, and I mean, we all have different journeys. For me, in my 20s, I wasn't aware of, of how uh, controlled I was by the patriarchal system. So that started another journey. And I decided that, um, like my work, I had worked with law of positivism for many years then, but it, it was then that it started, I was understanding that the divinity I was working with was in, like I, I could finally relate to that as a, as a f- female form of some way, but it's everything as well. But for me, it was more, relatable as a as a divine feminine so that led me then into my own inner work because I would say that Ishtar and Inanna's story is the one also of uh, it can be the dark mother it's the queen of heaven and earth it said but it's also uh, the initiation into the underworld and to go in deep so I would say that that journey led me into a really deep and dark place within myself uh, mm-hmm. to really I mean not it was like everything I had to, I had to face everything in my life in this lifetime and probably many lifetimes so it was a really profound journey and in that whole journey I I had to c- continuously confirm that if this is what the goddess wants me to experience this is um I fully accept it. I fully uh, trust her on this path. So that was like in my personal journey. And, and I started also like in my, when I started a podcast, that was the, like the initiation also to, uh, like you said, like raise up other women uh, and to, because I started seeing how many women there are out there doing such great work. We need to rise together. So I I think the podcast is definitely focused on the divine feminine so much. And then on the other side, I also decided to not conform into what I had been doing in a patriarchal system when it came to my vocation. And I really felt an urge. I started to, uh, I think... The year after that initiation, I started my doula training. I started my acupuncture training with the intention to work with women's health. I decided also to leave uh, like my full-time job and to uh, study nursing, to become a midwife. And that journey led me instead into this latest year of studying instead of the midwifery which is also part of a system right now, unfortunately, that is not uh, beneficial for uh, these female-led, like the healthcare system is not still in the world benefiting these type of vocations, unfortunately, in many ways. And I decided to take this master's in uh, global sexual and reproductive health and rights and and learning so much about the systems of the world and low resource settings and rights. I also did an internship at UN Women. So that was more of women's rights um, work. And uh, so everything has led me here. That was a long story, but that's where I am right now. And that's how everything started. Wow, amazing. Yeah, what a journey. Beautiful. I have so many, like, shall we now go into that? Shall we take that road, this road, this path? <laughs> there is so much. Yeah. There's so yeah. much there, right? We can, each each of the subjects that you mentioned, we can now dive into and, and explore that further. But just to see it from the big picture, like to really see how, like you, you, you dare to trust that and embrace those changes. And it has led you, from one thing to the next and how you've started one thing and then like no that's not what I want and I'm mm. gonna change and really yeah embraced the changes that flow and yeah. it doesn't mean that it's an easy process like mm. when you st- when you turn your 
world around it it is like you have to face a lot of things and when you yeah. decide to do something else you, other things come up but these are all part of the process you have to see these things to say okay i'm not gonna be in that anymore i'm i'm releasing myself like this is a practice of releasing yourself from old limitations and dogmas and norms and that's that's a process in itself huge yeah huge so I'd love to hear, would you share with us just like the key when you were mentioning like we had this initiation with this shamanic, with this shaman and going into the different worlds and he said, there I had to let go of everything. Mm. What were like, what is for you everything? Like for, maybe for us, it is very, very mm. clear what that means, but just to give words to it, were there like certain specific, was it a relationship or the job or mm. the house uh, if you would like to share with us yeah i think that uh, to release and to trust the path is about also like understanding that we have so many beliefs and and images in our mind of what we think that we are what we should be what we will be there's so many things but they are all external usually it's not that oh, this is something where I want to become more compassionate to myself or to others. I want to be even less uh, in my um, desire or like anything. It can be anything. And But, but uh, for me, it was to release uh, the thought of, of who I am and what I'm here to do and a possible future and a possible... Uh, like um, I don't know. It's I think I'm I've I've lived in a very young uh, masculine state in my life because I've always been like an ach a high achiever, and that's a part of me, and that's also part of the feminine as well. So it's not only the masculine that wants to grow and to create, but also doing it from having a balance is so important. Otherwise, we do go through. Uh, exhaustion or um, uh, imbalances that start to happen in the body but for me it was maybe it was less tangible things the most tangible thing probably it did awake me that okay I'm not what I've always known but it affirmed me I'm maybe not I'm, I'm not on the right uh, career path um, mm. I'm not um, maybe going to it doesn't serve me to think that I'm going to be this type of person with this type of life uh, because uh, the goddess has showed me other options that I didn't understand. Mm. So, but this can go for anything, anything that holds us and, and we are almost captivated by it. That's yeah. where the release might really be great for us and our progress in life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was I was thinking like you have a degree in business and economics. But yeah. Maybe was that the first like the myth you grab? I'm going to be a businesswoman or an yeah, economic. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. I I mean I started I I took my degree when I was 23, and yeah. then I went on on a master's degree for business as well when I was 24, I think. So everything happened very early for me and I didn't really have a concept of anything else more than that. And, uh, but I, I was actually very always into spiritual, you know, I started with when I was 13 reading Paulo Coelho's books and I was always into like these mystical shows and I was having my own experiences, started to study astrology very early as well. And, so I always had that with me and also growing up in a culture that I grew up in, spirituality is a natural way of life. It's nothing uh, like uh, not separated from anything, but definitely. So I started my career. I worked for Google for two years. And I mean, that was so different, uh, different. Like I moved to Ireland. I worked there, but, and that was my first job. So imagine like that was something that, Maybe I would have thought, okay, maybe in 10 years or 15 years, I will get to that point. But I did it early and I realized early then, okay, I, I reached something that I thought was like, wow, 
and I wasn't happy about it, like being there and I wasn't happy in my life. And I had a deep initiation during that time as well into releasing a lot of these outer senses, but I didn't know it was happening. A lot of this, I mean, during that time, love positivism was born because I had so much interest in uh, like the quantum physics and uh, like these different modalities. And I started practicing meditation there and I started, that led me into yoga. So there was a lot of things that came up from that darkness that led me then further. So it's been years of different, it feels like different lifetimes kind of yeah. like well, it's, it's so much has happened in one, two, three years in different sections and then having the Saturn return, which we all have, it's a lot of shifts that like different chapters of our lives, I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah, law of positivism has now how many followers? <gasps> Your podcast. Oh, it's so hard to. I'm never. Maybe it's over three hundred thousand, I think. And the podcast has. I'm so happy because the podcast is. It's not about me and my work it's about other people and i'm so happy i think it definitely has over a hundred thousand streams and and episodes like what you have been it's still people listening even if we yeah. did it a while back it's still there and those people who need to listen will find it and yeah. that's everything that's why yeah. i do it i don't uh, i don't have gain anything from it more than that I have beautiful conversations and that people are uh, being heard that need to be heard, I think. So beautiful, really. Wow. Thank you. So, so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'd love to hear about um, the teachings and the past of the, the priestess and what mm -hmm. you are being initiated or have been already or about to yeah, graduate yeah. from the daughters of Ishtar and love to hear yeah. about teachings also. Yeah, so it was really interesting that I had this encounter with the goddess, and then just I think a few weeks or a month after it was the first time I heard the word priestess. So it was very it through a dear friend of mine, and and she had a remembrance, uh, and we had a remembrance. So and she had been in this she has been in this work for much longer has so much experience so i trusted her and trust her um yeah her intuitive um her intuitive messages that she gave me so that started on a path into that and i think back then maybe it wasn't as i feel like it's been growing and growing so much now so it's much more readily available but back then I heard about the priestesses of Avalon. Uh, so that's where I also ended up the year after. I just very spontaneously went to England and Glastonbury and probably had an initiation there of some kind as well, just by being there. It was just so beautiful. And then learning also more about uh, like the traditions here in Sweden and, and the things going on here. But I'm also always longing back to my roots and, and the Kurdish culture. So I, I really got interested in that. And so Ishtar was with me. The more time went, I was reading more. And there's such beautiful, uh, so the first written uh, and named by author text is by a priestess of Inanna or Ishtar. Inanna and Ishtar is the same, but with different names. It was different time timelines. And and Hedwana was her priestess, and and she was the first. It was the first written text with a name under it, and this is from ancient Mesopotamia, where you say that the cradle of civilization is, because that then grew into like other cultures having goddesses like Isis and uh, like every everything is like connected to to this tradition and there's different goddesses and gods but she was as we see it uh, very honored and venerated uh, as the main uh, like deity in in this time so 
I really felt a lot. And during this time, I also started to connect with other energies like uh, Mary Magdalene. I had visions of her with Mother Mary and Jesus. I have no background in Christianity at all. It just came, everything started. And now I know the connection also from Ishtar all the way to Mary Magdalene. I seen this timeline. So the, the, it's no coincidence. So when I, it was last year, I find, it was like so many times I wanted to do it and then something was holding me back. And I wanted to do, maybe I didn't find the right mentor or it was something and then last year i just found this very coincidentally a woman who practices who's has the daughters of ishtar uh, temple in australia actually and i connected with her and i just knew ex that this was the person i wanted to work with and she had been working with this for many many years in Australia, but never done anything. Ooh, I heard something <laughs> right when we talk about this, things start happening here. Um, and uh, and me and my good friend, who's also has uh, a Kurdish heritage here in Sweden, we decided to do this journey with her. And it's very, um, she it, since she's never taught this online, it's only us three. So we have a very one-to-one -one deep sessions throughout the year and we do ceremonies and we've been following a kind of the wheel of the year as you know like the equinoxes and the summer solstice but we are working with the feminine cycles in a way so it starts with conception we have been conceived and then gestation birth the the eye gazing and the breastfeeding the first menarch the desire mystery and all of that and then the the like the sovereignty so that's what we've been following and each point of the year we are doing different ceremonies and rituals and working with her different aspects and um, it's very intuitive and since I also love like the more I've always been into reading and understanding things also academically, but also like intuitively, logically. So I really study the history and seen like my own uh, connections ancestrally to everything. And yeah, it's it's been a beautiful path and it's to hold, uh, also be able to hold space for others and to work with this uh, this type of, practices which is kind of so if we look at the practices that you do Sharada for example it's been like for the, the beautiful thing with the uh, Hindu culture is that it was preserved while this I mean this is date dates back maybe 10,000 11,000 years back but you see a systematic a degradation of the goddess have started to happen around 5,000 years ago and her stories. So it went from like her admiring herself, her vulva in the stories, which are written for 5,000 years ago, and then becoming into stories where uh, she's ridiculed because she has had different partners, for example. So there is a systematic thing that happened and going into the, uh, the like the Old Testament and Genesis, you see the flipping of these ancient Sumerian stories, mythologies into something else, something different. And that's why all of these uh, women, goddesses, prophets are so connected to each other, like trying to bring us back to remembrance. So for me, also uh, Mother Mary and the Black Madonna has been very important in my journey and also some also connected back to both Ishtar, Inanna, Isis. It's all connected. So it's beautiful to see that lineage. Mm. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, I can listen forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so there's it's a wealth of knowledge there that that gracefully we have now access to. It's really like you said when you started, it wasn't that available and now like there are schools of Ishtar and Inanna and Isis it's all like slowly rising and available mm -hmm. to to enter or 
the path of Magdalena, mm. the rose lineage. I know there are so mm. many, many lineages and, and schools just popping up like mushrooms everywhere. And mm -hmm. it's really the feminine just blossoming blossoming and rising again from the ashes yeah definitely wow, wow. Beautiful. Mm. beautiful yeah and what made you or what brought you then or you were saying that you were studying i mean i could go so much more deeper into yeah the doctors of ishtar and uh, maybe we'll do that another time and yeah was, yeah there's so much but we also want to cover some of the other other subjects that you have been diving into which is like you were decided to do a master in sexual and reproductive health and rights with focus mm. on women's health and rights where you actually started to do study midwifery and that's where you then decided mm. to exactly yeah i wanted to get into uh, midwifery and because i've really enjoyed my work as a doula um, and to work with that but i could see that uh, the system is not there yet to fully, even in a country like Sweden, where we have midwifery-led um, birth uh, departments, it's still a very like scientific and medical in a way. So you're almost your hands are tied to that. You have to. Um, so that so my program that I studied was an international program and we had people from all over the world, which I think made it even more authentic than uh, any other studies that I had on, on a university level. This was my eighth year of university, actually, because I have studied so many different things. But um, I found it so beautiful to have people in my class from everywhere from Bangladesh to Nigeria to North America. We were different people with different backgrounds, some in midwife midwifery, some doctors, some from philosophy. So we were different people, but with the same very passion for women's rights and health. And the program was very much, um, I would say, because... Uh, the, the field of SRHR, sexual reproductive health and rights, it's really focused, and especially the work that the UN does and, and other organizations is around uh, so maternity care, so taking care of the mothers in pregnancy and birth and after birth and also the baby. It's also around contraceptives and, and all of that. Um, and then, uh, of course, different um, uh, sexual rights to express your sexuality the way you want and and we take that for granted in the west but there's I've learned so much also just through this program to see how ingrained that there's discrimination and and uh, inequality in these in this field and I was especially uh, since um, I'm very also into I, when I started studying my own cycles, very into um, women's health, and particularly I decided to focus on infertility, which is kind of in in this field uh, a little bit shadowed. Uh, even in our program, it wasn't really much talked about, but it does impact uh, women, and it impacts not only. It doesn't matter if you're in a low resource country or a high resource country, it impacts all women. So there's a oneness there. So I decided to do my uh, master's thesis in um, the experience of women's um, going through infertility and infertility treatment, uh, because from the Chinese medicine perspective, we and I've worked with women through Chinese medicine and through my mentor, who I, I trained with clinically, um, not one condition can be treated in the same way because we all have different constitution and different uh, imbalances and things that need to come into balance again. But in the Western world, it's like, okay, we have one solution and that's mm -hmm. it. Or we have this medication or we have this treatment. So the treatments I... I focused on IVF as a treatment and and just synthesize. It was a meta synthesis, so it was taking different 
qualitative studies and putting them all into one from different in that way I could see how is it globally how is it from Hong Kong to uh, Pakistan to Sweden and in total this my study then could contain 500 women's experiences and they were all the same so the 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 yeah the journey is very of course emotional for anyone who's listening and uh, have experience of this or any type of reproductive loss which can be a miscarriage or um an abortion or it can be um like stillbirth whatever it is it's like the pain that women experience was the same and even though societies are so different and the stigmatization is different, the grief is the same. It's uh, one, one quote was so beautiful of a woman saying, uh, it's like you're mourning without anyone else knowing about it. It's a mourning, but that no one else mourns. So there's a deep grief and um, isolation. So I did, uh, through these studies, synthesize concepts and themes from it. And one of the big things was that the society and healthcare system is not there for women. And we know that already, like from different parts of women's health. But in this particular case, it's really not accessible. And if you look in a country like Ghana, where clinics for this, first of all, are centered geographically around the capital and not even geographically available and then accessible and not even financially accessible. So women are going through this and just not having the option to do anything. And for me, reproduction is a right. Someone actually um, uh, questioned this, said, is it really a right? But I think that just as as uh, contraceptives uh, or any uh, abortion is your right you you we must as a society provide the options uh, either like biological reproduction or anything else that uh, could help these women and it's all about having very easy support but there's a dehuman humanization happening in the healthcare system and we see that throughout many lines so this program was really, it was me taking my um, devotion to the goddess to this level and integrating it. Because for me, I even from a discussion of the healthcare system can go back all the way to, yeah, what happened in Mesopotamia to women and and uh, the, this these beautiful goddesses with, which are portrayed and shown in all of its glory and to where we are today so it's um it's a part of the movement i think that we're in it's it's to find all of these like places where we are being marginalized in society yeah wow how were you able to access 500 women so that's what the uh, metasynthesis is a way where already researchers have done interviews of women and and conducted their research and if my work was to find these uh, these articles and these scientific studies and that exactly then you put them together through different criteria so it's very uh, it's been a six month of really diving into the academic world which i love uh, and really researching. And then in it goes from like having to read maybe f- 400 titles to narrowing it down, down, down to like this very quality, like high quality studies that matched my aim. And my aim was to explore the, the experience of women going through infertility and infertility treatment. So mm-hmm. these studies were really beautiful. And as I said, they were from different parts of the world and you can still see the same themes and and especially that support and um support psychological emotional support is not there at all so we we are still in a system like where it's so um 
the, it's just uh, like a machine, you know, it's a machine for people who are in it. Yeah. And that's where all every, where I feel like what you're saying that support, emotional support is not there, where really we as women can do so much for each other through mm. a woman's circle, through just yeah. being there for each other. And like you said, one of the quote, I feel I'm so alone in my morning process. Morning, morning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And actually, there are so many women that are going through that same experience at that time. And I have myself, sisters close by that have gone through a loss of pregnancy. And, mm. and, and they're really saying it has changed everything that mm. I have myself not gone through it in this life, at least. But the ones I've, I've heard and I know and and having done rituals and rites of passage and in the mm. women's circle, to be able to share that is the greatest gift with, with others. It is. And that was actually one of the things that I saw that women did write and especially uh, sharing with other, because it, it was isolating to them to even like not talk to family and friends almost about it. But what if they were in a safe place with other women going through the similar things it was really beneficial for them so it's such an easy thing for society and and but it's not being there so it's really good to have these um yeah these type of communities like you've built to support each other and and that there is no judgment there and we are all going through different things where when we share it it's a healing in itself yeah is that something that you want to like offer or yeah yes that's something that i i feel like this finalizing this and also being initiated into this priestess path where i need to be very clear it's not just oh i'm a priestess and then what do i do no it's about what is my intention if i even want to call myself that it's not a title it, it it's it's a it's a dedication and a devotion you dedicate yourself and you you decide this is what i'm gonna do and that is the aspect that i want to definitely also focus on um to support and my work has always been based in healing it's mm. always been he- healing work it's um in different ways and forms my work is always healing work so I think that giving that support and healing through different um, now that I understand it intellectually but also on deeper levels and energetically and then inviting in the divine mother because that's also a different aspect um, that everyone can connect to and we're embodiments of her in one way so uh, seeing that that energy can come through in different ways in our lives i think that's important too yes yeah yes so important mm-hmm. yeah and there are like amazing women out there that are really also having now access and having studied and are being able to share a natural way of i don't know if you can say in like healing infertility i mean there are so many aspects to it if it's like generational inheritance the mm. stress the patriarchy the, the, mm. the shame the sexual trauma like on energetic level so many and then of course you know more phys, phys, uh, physical physiological biological but in my, from my experience one of the main reasons and i'm happy to love for you to share is really that emotional disconnection that has been there to to the goddess and to our own femininity and very much the sexual trauma and and that goal-oriented mindset where where some of the main factors because i've been working also a lot with women that desire to have a baby and what we do in the vedic tradition is we we do rituals to to santana lakshmi the goddess of progeny to invoke a child and there are special rituals one can do and if that doesn't work then one can ask priests like vedic hindu priests one two three four depending to do special homas which are more elaborate than a puja for 48 days in a row every single day 
Mm. And I've experienced myself, families or couples that have followed that path and, and conceived a child after doing this kind of rituals, having gone through huge um, fertility or infertility programs where nothing helped and um, doing this kind of rituals. Mm. They were gifted a child. So and it's, yeah, it's yeah. been marvelous and magical to, to witness and, and be part of stories like this. And, and also the whole uh, sacred healing with the womb healing and mm -hmm. yeah, the sexual trauma, which that is the alternative way of would you agree like is that 100 mm percent? -hmm. i mean it's nothing in the physical is only physical i don't believe that at all and and then infuse it with two other major things that is our karma and also our um what we are um so yeah the karma but also our connection to a potential baby from a spiritual path so i learned from my teacher again that that when we worked with women that we are not invoking a pregnancy through these needles like the acupuncture even though it has proven to be so effective in especially around ivf to have uh, treatments before and after but maybe it's not that that it is like oh now we're making this conception no maybe the woman becomes more uh, relaxed and releases tension and like you said energetics in the womb and and things like that so it doesn't have to be that it's like okay here's a medication and this is the effect here's the needles this is the effect no it's not that and in the end she said it's not these needles that will help you to conceive it's going to be something else it's god it's mm -hmm. I, I mean no child is re I, I love this uh, concept that no child is ours it's uh, the mother's child right so it's not up to us if we're gonna there's gonna come through a spirit through us in this lifetime if we have a longing i had a teacher who also uh, talked about this and the longing for something can be a seed in this lifetime and it can come to fruition in a different lifetime so we, there's so much there and um, i think that if we could work in the healthcare system from many different perspectives, it would be great. We're, we are not going to get there anytime soon. So we need to have these, we have to have alternative practitioners to give this type of support and also understanding that everything that we go through in the body can also uh, enhance our spiritual practice. Any type of imbalance in the body is telling us something and reminding us of something on our path. Um, so really not again like this attaching and separating thing no it's all every everything is one and i definitely believe in in spiritual practices for this type of uh, experiences as well mm. i've been actually uh, looking into like womb work through i don't know if you know shri kaleshwar who talks about the holy womb chakra that everyone can work with women and men it's to release old old things from this space where also the womb space is also for men also we're all part of this creation and this this cosmic womb so there's so many different ways to work with yourself and the heart and womb is connected and in chinese medicine it is like so integral so understanding that it like healing a certain thing can then systematically uh, like heal something else mm. yes yes yeah 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 yes the karma that's mm. what we really with these rituals and pujas and homas is there to neutralize that yeah. that karma that is there because yeah we're not not in charge but then we can ask and invoke and yeah. then maybe with grace it, exactly it, manifest yeah yeah so beautiful so beautiful mm -hmm. wow yeah so rich so rich and uh, i really look forward seeing how all these jewels that you have been able to 
receive how you're gonna what i mean you're sharing so much already and and uh, but I, I think like there's been a lot of studies i'm impressed by how you have been studying and absorbing so much and now maybe like mm. what are the ways i know that you offer yoga retreats and meditations and and now with all the path of the goddess and and yeah. your vast knowledge now and infertility or infertility how that is going to to be brought forward for for women and men and families to be able to mm. to, to partake mm. yeah yeah. Right. yeah is there anything else that you feel you would love to share right now to compliment or to to add or oh it's been i mean so beautiful to share with you and the audience today even though we can't see you all who's listening but for anyone who's listening don't hesitate to connect with me and uh, and uh, just if you have any questions or experiences um so i'm just open to anything and yeah i feel like just for us all and i think everyone who's here definitely feels this energy there is a strong presence uh, of of this divine mother who's also carrying us through these uh, different stages of our lives and and the phase we're in as a collective right now so i think that just being open to that and and feel i mean there for any being the mother is is everything right from yeah. when we are born how how like it's even if it's uh, like a biological mother or someone who's taking care of us like it's um it's a really beautiful space to be in so receive that because it's always there for you and unconditionally and i think that can help us when we're going through our own inner process of um healing shedding releasing going into that you know as i said ishtar's uh, darker faces it's so, like there's so many uh, mythologies and stories about the underworld and going in there and and that helps us to rise up again even stronger do you have any recommendations for for people women that would like to to learn about ishtar and can they contact you or are there yeah. books or how how could they start oh, there's so much i mean you can start by reading this the the mythologies and the stories there are there are books about it and i'm also gonna offer from so the the ceremony after which i'm initiated start to offer it online as a journey to work with her and to then i will definitely share both the stories and what the meanings and also had how others can embody the different aspects of her and also that we go through this cycle from conception to becoming like fully blossoming as we are we're also reinitiating so let's say you didn't have a great menarch uh, like ceremony and and all of this or you you haven't experienced uh, holding the child or be like you can remember your own how you were held it's it's so beautiful and i know Shada, you also work with this so it's really synchronistic because i was in a session with you where it was kind of the same thing that we've been practicing in our temple so you're like mm. also intuitively giving out of that channeling that so precious and so healing yeah it's so healing mm. yeah the, one of our programs is the priestess initiation training and there we go through the major rites of passage because in the oh, yeah. Vedic tradition, rites of passage, we have 16. Uh, for, oh. for every human being, there are minimum 16 rites of passage used to be. So in our trainings, we have seven that we have chosen that we go through from birth all the way to death. And it's, it's so profound to go through these initiations yeah. and be, receive them and then to give them because every time you give them you receive them again i feel every time i mm, ceremony sense. i feel i'm going through it myself again <laughs> yeah and that's so beautiful uh, i love that yeah mm. yeah yeah beautiful okay so we're gonna conclude here this has been absolutely marvelous and inspiring and 
jaw jaw dropping and yeah i hope we can have you back again for for more conversations and so grateful for you and yeah your 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 being and your invitation and your openness and for your love to share so freely and and yes women go and follow Mm -hmm. shireen at um at at instagram i think it's a great great place right a lot of positivism yeah yeah and and the website also is love positivism yeah the same name everywhere exactly yeah Yeah. and thank you so much for uh, letting me share here and just to for you that you're listening and for everyone who's here i'm really grateful and so uh, filled up by this hour that we've been together yeah went by so quickly yeah so (laughs) yeah home everyone lots of love thank you